This is a podcast of honest, raw, authentic conversations about how to live a hopeful life. Not in the rainbows and unicorns kind of way. Oh no, we're talking about hard stuff, cancer, loss, fear, and much more. We're going to take time together to talk about how to find light in the darkness. I'm Lara McGregor, founder of Hope Scarves and the Hopeful Life Initiative. Join me as I navigate my own way of living joyfully with a terminal illness and talk to others who have also found a way to live a hopeful life. As I started to re-enter the regular world and try to put this alternative reality of facing cancer behind me, I realized how damaged this year had made me. I think when you're in the midst of the treatments and you're just focused on the next chemo, the next surgery, the next side effect, you're head down in fighting cancer. And it isn't until you walk out the doors of that last treatment that you let your guard down And for me, I started to grieve. I got so sad. And it was with the help of a counselor that I started to realize that I had PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, as a result of the trauma of facing cancer of having our baby, of living with the fear of dying as a young mom, of just everything that I had carried and tried so hard to hold together for our our children, for our family. I was so scared. I was scared of what this new reality meant, of living beyond cancer. And with the help of a counselor, my husband and I started putting the pieces back together on this new reality. I did not feel like the same strong, confident, fearless, invincible woman that had walked into that first biopsy appointment thinking, this is a complete inconvenience. I had been mutilated, poisoned, and I had never really let myself realize it in the midst of it. So as I started to adjust to this new reality, one of the things I found was I needed to connect with other people. I needed to find other young women who had faced cancer. So I went to a Young Survival Coalition conference and I packed up these scarves that Kelly had given me and that I had worn throughout my treatment and had felt such strength and love from. And I thought, I'm going to find somebody there who can wear these. And the conference was, was a little overwhelming. It was a lot of cancer. I was definitely more wanting to put it behind me. And I remember my mom and I 
ducking in and out of, of sessions and finding time to also go shopping and go out to dinner and, you know, just use it also as a vacation together. And, um, but it really was very meaningful to just see all these other young women. And one afternoon, I ran into these two girls, two young women, one of which was just starting treatment for cancer and the other was her best friend. And when I started talking to Roberta and Jen, I was just instantly drawn to their friendship and their laughter. And um, I asked Roberta if I could bring her these scarves that I had brought in my bag and that I wanted to pass on to her because I had worn them through my treatment and they had been given to me by Kelly and she had told me to find somebody else who could use them. And so I met Roberta in the lobby of the hotel and we sat on this little wall next to all these plants and I showed her how to wear the scarves and she took off her itchy wig and we laughed through our tears about what it was like to face cancer as a young mom and our hopes and our dreams for the future. And I realized in that moment of passing these scarves on to Roberta, how much they meant to me when I needed them and how much strength they had brought me through my treatment, but also how powerful it was to pass them on and to share the lessons and the experiences that I had learned over this past year with someone else and how in the process I started to heal. And I didn't know at that time the power of making meaning from your pain, but I felt it and I realized how strong I had become and how I could encourage Roberta, who was just starting the chemotherapy, whose surgeries lies ahead, and the unknown and the fear in her eyes. And in that instant, I thought, what if I could create a way for other people to do this too, to share their stories and their scarves with other people facing cancer? And I started thinking about this idea of helping people pass on their scarves and stories from one person to another, and I called it Hope Scarves. And I told Roberta and Jen about it at lunch, and I just love the idea. I just love this idea of helping people pass along their encouragement. And if I could take this experience that I had and create a way for other people to do the same. But I came home and I had two little kids and a job and uh, a busy life. And I kind of started dreaming about this idea, but I didn't really act on it right away. It wasn't until a little while later, my husband and I actually had moved. Um, his job had transferred us to Louisville, Kentucky, and 
our children started a preschool and I was not working yet. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do professionally and looking around for jobs. And I realized that I think I wanted to start a nonprofit organization. I had spent my entire career in nonprofit. I'd worked um, my college. Then I worked for the United Way. And then I worked for McWayne Science Center in Birmingham, Alabama. And I had a lot of experience in nonprofit and in fundraising and communications, but I had never started an organization. But I knew I had an idea that I thought could be really meaningful. And so I started writing a business plan and I gathered together some friends and I, I shared the idea with them. And, and my friend Tom, who was a graphic designer, helped take these drawings that I had made with um, colored pencil and turn them into a logo. And this organization, Hope Scarves, was born. And our mission was simple. We collected scarves and stories from people who had, had cancer and passed them on to others in treatment. And I returned to that Young Survival Coalition conference, only this time as an exhibitor with my friend Gia. And we had a booth and we started telling people about this idea about Hope Scarves and our brand new brochures, a website that literally went live as we were setting up our booth at the conference. And we had story forms and we had scarves that I had worn that we wanted to share with others at the conference. And we started talking to the survivors there about this idea of sharing their story and asked them to, to take this, this form up to their rooms and to write their story and reflect and think about what they would want to tell someone else facing cancer. And we collected so many stories. We gave them envelopes to go home and, and get their scarves and mail them into us. And it worked. Envelopes started arriving at my house. Stories started coming in on the website. And people shared with me how much it meant to them to reflect on their experience and to put their words down on paper and to pass along their hope to someone else. And it caught on. It was so beautiful to see this idea that I had experienced personally mean something to others. And this little project started in my spare bedroom of my house with my two-year-old volunteer by my side, and it grew, and the momentum grew, and 10 scarves led to 20 scarves, led to 30 scarves, and eventually our board helped me see that I needed to decide if it was this little project that I did in my spare bedroom in between being, you know, a room parent and playing tennis, or if it was going to be a national nonprofit organization. And that either was fine, but that it had to be one or the other, and that only I could decide. And that they would help me, but that I really had to to choose if it was a little project or if it was a legit nonprofit organization. And I didn't spend more than about a second and a half when I looked at them and I said, well, it's a legit nonprofit organization. I mean, I have, I have huge dreams and 
hopes and ideas, but I just wasn't sure once I put it out in the universe if it was really going to take off. But now that I see that it is, and you guys are encouraging me to follow, follow through with these dreams, let's go. And we did. And man, did we go. We have sent over 14,000 Hope Scarves to every state and 24 countries. We've collected thousands of stories. The oldest Hope Scarf recipient is 97. The youngest is less than one. We have supported people facing over 90 different types of cancer and created a program where Hope Scarves are shared in three ways. We have a personal request program where you can request a scarf for yourself if you're facing cancer, a gift scarf program where you can send a scarf to someone you care about in treatment, and a partnership program where we work with hospitals and cancer support organizations to share Hope Scarves where patients are already going for support. Leading Hope Scarves was the most fulfilling an exhilarating way to turn heartbreak into hope, to take my personal experience and make meaning from it and to see how every scarf and every story was doing the same thing for someone else. We created a beautiful community of survivorship, of living life over cancer we became known as the Sisterhood of the Traveling Scarves. Until one day, my back started hurting. And I thought maybe it's just because I was sitting at a computer so much and putting so much time into the organization. But an MRI revealed an orange-sized tumor in my sacrum. A biopsy the next day confirmed it was breast cancer, metastatic breast cancer, stage four. I was every cancer survivor's worst nightmare. Metastatic breast cancer has a life expectancy of two to three years. This diagnosis was completely different from the early stage diagnosis. In my first treatment plan, there was a path. There was a set number of chemos, surgeries, expectations, and a light at the end of the tunnel. And we set our sights on that light. And we took it one step at a time until we reached that light and we beat cancer and we put it behind us. But in this diagnosis, there is no set path and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no end of treatment. Once you become metastatic, you're in treatment for the rest of your life. And you don't really know where you're going to fall in the continuum of responding to treatment or progressing rapidly. You start on a treatment. You hope it works. You hope it slows the cancer from growing. But you live scan to scan and you stay on one treatment until it stops working and then you move to the next and to the next and to the next. Each one 
typically gets a little bit more toxic, harder to handle. With this diagnosis, I had to reframe the way I approached life. I had, I mean, I had literally built a nonprofit organization around the idea of beating cancer and then sharing your happy, hopeful story with someone else and encouraging them and living this beautiful life. And I had no idea how short-sighted that was until I experienced this progression and realized that for me and for many other people facing advanced cancer, it isn't a one-and-done kind of situation. This was going to be a lifelong reality. I could no longer ground myself in beating cancer or defining hope as putting cancer behind me. I had to find a way to live life over cancer. And I also became aware of how little money was spent for metastatic breast cancer research. And being a person of action, I was outraged. And so our organization took a good hard look at the work we were doing. And that if our vision was to change the way people experience cancer, scarves and stories are practical, they're inspiring, but they weren't going to save anyone's life. And so if we were truly going to change the way people experience cancer, we also wanted to be part of research and finding more treatment options and extending people's lives. So we started a metastatic breast cancer research fund and expanded our mission to scarves, stories, and research. And I'm so proud of not only my personal evolution through this progression, but also Hope Scarves and how we have opened our eyes to the bigger story of cancer. And that this triumph culture that has kind of been created around cancer, around celebrating survivorship and beating cancer, isolates people like me who were living with this disease and who would never beat cancer. But I had just as much right to hope and to love and to laughter and to joy as I did before this cancer came back. If anything, I needed it more. And so I had to reframe what it means to hope. I had to realize that it wasn't contingent on beating cancer. And I also realized that I had to write my own story and that I had to control more than ever, more even so than when I had an early stage diagnosis, I had to find a way to live life over cancer. And that's how my hopeful life came to be. I grounded myself on this idea of hope and this idea of living 
life with joy and laughter and love, not because I was beating cancer. I couldn't control if I was going to beat cancer, but because I could choose how to live. And I didn't know if I had one year, two years, 10 years, but I knew I had that day. And sometimes I don't even take it one day at a time. I mean, sometimes I have to take it one hour at a time or one minute at a time, but that's the idea behind my hopeful life is redefining hope. And my goal with this podcast is to have conversations around how I have found a way to live a hopeful life with a terminal illness and to talk to others who are facing cancer, who are dealing with other challenges that test their courage and their hope and to talk about how we live life in the darkness and how we bring light into the darkness. I have so many ideas I want to share and conversations I want to have with people who inspire me and I'm excited to see where this goes how we redefine hope together. Stay tuned. In the next episodes, I will welcome guests to the podcast to start to open up the conversation to hear how others live a hopeful life. I think one of the most powerful things is to find common ground and to share our stories. I'm so excited to see where this goes. Thanks for listening to our stories. I hope you take away something you can apply to your hopeful life. Help keep the hopeful life momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. And if you'd like to learn more, check out our website, myhopefullife.org and hopescarves.org.